Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I'm a comedian who survived a coma eight years ago. I live in Chicago, and I've got all sorts of questions for my guests, like this week's guest, another comedian based in LA. It's Marcella Arguello. She's super funny. She just released a special on HBO, HBO Max, called Bitch Grow Up, and it is about her her struggles to to the extent that any special is about anything it's about her struggles to become a better person and that's something that i really related to and i think anyone who listens to this podcast can probably relate to and to be honest if you can't relate to that i'm i'm not sure i mean maybe i want you as a listener of this podcast but do i really want listeners who are not trying to be better people Maybe if you're unabashedly just like, not this is it. Forty-seven percent decent person. I'm happy there. Maybe I maybe I'm kind of into that actually. I, so I take it back. But you should still watch Marcella's special. It's very funny. It's only half an hour too. I expected it to be an hour. I was a little disappointed that it wasn't. And yet, you know, for those of you who don't have an hour to commit to a special, which like, do you really not? You probably do, right? But anyway, to, to to convince your brain that you should do it right now, just know that it's 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 not it's not some big commitment. But that shouldn't be the argument. The argument is that it's funny and that it's good. So so that that that's the argument. You know, way down the list. If you're if you've got just a bunch of funny and good things at the top of your to do list, then maybe you bump it up because it's also shorter than maybe some of the other funny and good things. Okay, just think about it. I guess we're transitioning now into me telling you that this is what I would like to do full time. So if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, that's this is it. I'd like to do that. You can support the show and help me do that by going to patreon.com slash Dave Marr and becoming an afterhead for $5 a month. Here is the thing I just announced that I am starting a new Patreon only podcast. It's through the same link. If you become an afterhead, you get all of the bonus audio, including this new podcast, which is called Abandoned Building. It is basically going to be a space for me to perform. I want you to think of it as much like a physical space as possible. I want to treat it like a like an actual show. And so yeah, it, it's it's an experiment. And if you go to the Patreon, you'll see I wrote more about it. But that's that's a new, fun, exciting, kind of scary thing for for this week. So get early on the ground floor. Get in early on the ground floor. Get in early or get in on the ground floor. Either or both. Point being, just get get in get in here, you know? And at the $15 a month level, you get all the bonus audio, but you also are a patron at the pigeon level, and you get your name shouted out. Those names include Kurt Chang, Katie Llewellyn, Fred Fidoa, Susie Carroll, Shuba Singh, John Lee, and Debo. I realized as I'm doing this that my blood sugar is is a little high. 
that's actually quite a lot high, but I'm, I'm working to get it down. Don't worry about me. We're, we're doing okay. But, uh, you know, the point is if you've had any problem with this intro, I'm not sorry to tell you, you're an ableist. So there you go. Anyway, I'm, I guess I'm not cutting this, but, uh, I am an independent artist. I rely on word of mouth. So make some words with your mouth and tell people you like who would like this show about the show. And that's what I have to offer. So now listen to what Marcella has to offer. Here's Marcella Arguello. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like... Marcella, paint your hell. A custom hell designed for you. My custom hell would be reality television 24-7, 365. Watching it. Yes, listening to it, watching it, whatever, because I'd probably try to gouge my eyes out and that wouldn't stop the sound. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and um because i fucking hate reality television i will i would omit like competition shows because those are you generally like involve people with some semblance of talent sure and uh, are i would i would argue are generally more entertaining because people are usually you know providing some level of substance so the hell Um, is like housewives bad girls club those sorts yeah bachelorette bachelor right 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 all that shit Kardashian, all that shit. That's so this my is a bonding thing hell. between I you and Nicole. Hate it. Nicole hates that shit too. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because sometimes I think people just hate it because they're like, oh, it's just like trash TV. But I hate it because on top of that, I hate it because it's so exploitative of all the cast and crew. And mm-hmm. that shit drives me crazy. Like, I hate that people in my industry like openly enjoy <laughs> reality <laughs> television. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm like, you know, these people aren't unionized. You know, everyone's not getting paid. You know, these stories aren't real. Like, I don't understand why anybody like this. It's it is ruining television. Like, there's a reason the landscape is changing in television, you know, and even something like the White Lotus. I watched the first season and I was expecting something exciting. And I was like, this is just scripted reality television. <laughs> That's all the sure. shit is. Yeah, totally. It just was like rich white people being like fucking dramatic for no reason like they had the stupidest <laughs> problems none of it made sense it was not fun you know uh and the actors acted their asses off I, you know I, i'm not gonna you know act yeah. like they're they didn't do a great job but i'm like wow we're really watching scripted reality television so um yeah that's my personal hell is 24 7 reality t- tv that's a pretty righteous reason to not like it's like you're it's almost like a Oh, you like that? Well, you're like, I, I have a little bit better politics than you. That's just why I don't tend to like it as much, you know? People, and that's the thing is that people are like, oh, just escape, tele- escapism. I'm just using it as mm-hmm, escape. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's so much, so much bad and mediocre scripted television you could be watching. <laughs> you know, like there's so many other options where people are getting paid a, a livable wage, you know, getting residuals and, you know, shit like that. So, okay, reality TV, any other elements of this? I mean, having to, like, eat clean, like a raw vegan diet. (laughs) Okay. Like, I'm watching reality TV, I'm eating a raw vegan diet, only have, like, really cold ice water. I hate ice water. Really? You're a room temp guy? 
I love room temp. It has to be like either a cocktail. It's the only way I'll drink a lot of ice or, um, uh, what's it like? It has to be like a hundred degrees outside. Then I'll put ice in my water. Sure. Um, sure. but yeah, I'm not. Yeah. So that would, that would be it. A raw vegan ice water meal, 24, seven, 365 watching reality television. It's a very LA influenced, um, hell. Oh my God. That is so true. Holy shit. I didn't realize that. It's true though, because when I started coming down to LA, I did used to hate how I'm like, oh my God, everyone's on a fucking diet. Everyone's like living a fake, re- like reality television version of themselves. They're all full of shit. And uh, yeah, wow. You're right. That's, yes. The industry. You just, I just described the industry. What do you hope happens when you die? Oh, I hope everyone just gets so dramatic and misses me so much. And um, I want people to like post very dramatic like stories, like heartfelt, just the juiciest gossip. That's what I want. I want all the juicy gossip to come out. Like in and, what um, area are we talking personal life? Are we talking professional? Are we talking like sexy? Everything. Romance? I just want people all to, yeah, all of it. Just everything to just people just spill their guts because of how much they love and adored me. And, um, I don't know what happens. I guess I should say I don't care what happens to the human, um, soul. Um, because that's not my business. My, my business is for when I'm alive. So I don't really, um, theorize on shit i I will never know um so i i hope you know what i do this whole podcast is is me making my business things that are completely unanswerable and i have no business yeah no i know and you're like yeah this shit just never really bothers me i'm like it keeps me up at night it doesn't yeah yeah well the thing well here's the thing dude is that i used to be that way but once my dad died, I was like, you know, death only affects the living. It, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't like I, I should say in the sense that once we die, I don't know what happened. So I'm not going to worry about it. I I, I think that um, a, a big flaw that a li- alive humans have is um, worrying about the afterlife. And, 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 and you know, uh, and I think that's a, also a problem with uh, a lot of religious people is their consumption of the afterlife and 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 not um creating a good current life you know the life that you're living they're they're more consumed with what happens afterwards instead of you know committing to living a good life here today well and they Um, use it manipulatively to exactly exactly that's exactly what i'm mm -hmm. so i i obviously have a problem with that um was so that a, just, an idea that you adopted like very consciously in response to your dad dying or did that just kind of come he, he Absolutely. Out? Okay. No, no, he like him he wasn't ready to die. And oh. he, he said that, no, I'm not ready and that fucked me up. Um just to hear a dying person say I'm not ready to die. Um and it it basically taught me I need to be ready to die. Like, and and I've told people this. I've talked about it on a podcast. Um, like, if I die today, I will be okay. Like, I will be. I, I like everyone should know that I'm happy and that I lived the life I wanted to live. And I never, I don't regret anything. And uh, and I'm and I'm cool with that. You know, like I, I loved my fucking. I loved hard and I worked hard and I played hard and 
all that shit. So, um, so was it I, like I'm, a cancer I am very, very comfortable with the idea of death. Yeah, he had cancer. Okay. And um, I also think because uh, I used to be way more on the road, like when I was um, starting out in comedy, I was like, mm-hmm. I was a road comic. Um, I spent a lot of time in my car and I just was so scared every day that I was going to die. Like if the minute sure. I get in my car, something's going to happen. Because I got into a car accident when I was like 17 and it wasn't like bad, but it scared the shit out of me. And ever since it's like, uh, well, I should say up until my dad, I'm getting sick. But in between that space, I would like spend every time getting him. Every time I walked in, got in my car, I thought about death. Cause I was like, I could die today in my car. That's fucking how life works. Life, life is death. And then, um, I, uh, I was like, once my dad got sick, I was like, I can't. I have to know that death exists, but I can't think of it as a way to like be too cautious or be, you know, fearful or, you know, it's like knowing death is around the corner is a, is a reason to like really fucking live alive. Yeah. Did he live alive and and laugh and love? (laughs) Did he say to you why he wasn't ready? He just wanted to see the fruits of his labor. Mm. I know that. Um, He like, that's all it was. Like my, my, I want to say my brother's lady, she had just gotten pregnant. My sister had just had her second child. Like, you know, he, he wanted to see all of it. He wanted to see all of it. He wanted to see me do well. Like he, he just wasn't ready. He wanted to see everything. He wanted to see everything turn out. Okay. Yeah. Do you think it like in a way that it seems like it was going to, or was that kind of a, problem on his part where he thought things there was some like imagined future that would be i think i think both i think that those thoughts were existing you know parallel to each other um because i do think that he knew everything was going to be okay which is why he wanted to see it and then the other side of him the warrior you know the the grandfather Mm. um was like well shit what if it doesn't turn out okay like who what are we gonna do but in reality Everybody knows everything is fine unless a fucking, you know, there's a fucking earthquake and fucking 7,000 people die. But, you know, you can't control that shit either. Yeah. You can't control anything. Okay, so you've got the the soap opera reality TV-esque drama of your, <laughs> your passing, of people mm-hmm. just everything coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't yeah. care about the soul. Do you care about the physical body? Do you care about the ev- the event itself? Do you have funeral plans? I always think about how it's cool when people like bury a body in an area that will help grow plants or trees or some mm-hmm. shit. I would love to be able to like be able to do that, you know, be planted so that it like nourishes a plant or a or a tree or something. Um, but. I doubt I doubt that'll happen. It just seems it almost seems too cheesy. Like it feels like if you're worried about embarrassment right? post mortem. A little it's a little weird. It's a little weird. It's a little suspicious. You know, Wait, I don't think people so? will think I was that good of a person. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think people will think I was that, that good of a person, you know? Like they'll they'll uh I don't know. I've definitely not thought about that uh, as extensively. Because I really just think about my death as a party, as a fun party for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like a celebration, you know? Yeah. People will celebrate my life because they were like, yeah, she was dope. And then the people that hated me were like, she's the witch is dead, you know? Like, that's how they'll see it. 
<laughs> Do you think you have actual like that strong of haters? Yes, I do. I know really? I do. How do you I, know? I have some people that like, because I gave them a reason to. <laughs> um, and some people really don't like me. Some people, for that, a lot of different reasons. Um, and some, most of them, I don't really give a shit. But um, I just know that uh, my, my friend Lydia Popovich, she's a great comedian. She, um, she and I, I was like, bitch, if I ever fucking die um, young and, and you're alive... I was like, don't fucking let everybody talk like a eulogy style. Like if anybody, if you know some bitch that did me dirty, she goes up there and tries to fucking be like, oh, me and Marcella. And she'll be like, I was like, you fucking interrupt her and be like, fuck that. You don't get to fucking, you know, that type of shit. Um, just stop, stop people who are like fake. You know how to like are trying to act like they had some great relationship. Cause I, I think that's the weirdest part about after you die is everybody kind of romanticizes Mm-hmm. The history that they had with you, oh, a hundred percent. And, and like, you I'm become not the kind of person. like the you, you. It's all superlative style. So everyone, if you were ever yes. kind to someone, you are the kindest person that ever existed. You right, were exactly. You know, and it's like and, it turns oh, every people. Most people are mid. Like you're, you just can't yeah. be the best at everything. You yes, know? which I also am like. That's that's okay. I like let's talk let's just share that shit. That that's the reality yeah, of things. Yeah. And um like oh she was like I maybe the sixtieth best comedian I ever knew or something like that. Yeah, you know? It's which is like that's fine. Yeah, that's um, a great that's also, a great ranking. Yeah. I had a um oh um because after my dad died, you know, I'm also like not one of these people that's gonna like speak ill of the dead. Or do you ever like I and I hope you have never done this, but some people on like Father's Day They'll like write posts. Like when they do Mother's Day, they like say only good things. It's like flawless victory on this woman's part. Yeah. But like when people post on Father's Day, they're like, he did his best. Happy Father's Day. Like he <laughs> was there and I, I, you know, we've gone through it, but we're better now. Like people always do that. I have always found that a little strange. It's like, you know, you can just say happy Father's Day the way that you say for your mom on Mother's Day. You don't have to. We all know dads are like not the greatest. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, the the bar's pretty, low. Everybody kind of. Yeah, the bar is everybody knows that. Um, so I'm, I'm so I'm never really sure why people include that little knife twist when they um, are posting about fathers. Today. I'm not a big poster Anyhow, on so, any any sort of anniversaries, yeah, yeah. birthdays, any of that. I, be- shit. I believed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so but okay, so I will sometimes post on on anniversaries, birthday, or something because you know maybe I'm having a moment and I decide to post, but I will never. Especially with my dad because he's now dead. I don't. I'm not going to speak ill of the dead. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I a lot of people's uh, knowledge of my dad, of course, is through these posts that I make, and it really cracks me up because I must have said some like pretty decent shit, but people will be like, "Oh, the relationship you had with your dad was so good. It's so I'm so happy that you." Ha-. I'm like, "No, it wasn't. When have I ever I have literally never said that. And I certainly didn't imply that. I mean, I'm still like sad that he died. It doesn't yeah, mean we yeah, had a yeah. good relationship. And um and so that cracks me up cuz I'm like, I'm not going to shit on him, you know, and now that he's dead, that makes no sense, you know? Yeah, the version that I hear of it a lot, especially with comedians who are maybe maybe too notoriously uh 
pieces of shit, but I do think there's a slightly higher ratio of pieces of shit to not piece of shit in sure. comedy. Is like, yeah, oh, he was complicated, and I feel like that means like I hate, yeah, yeah. this motherfucker. Yes, because <laughs> it's like people aren't yeah, expressing yeah. complicated feelings on online period no. or in response to deaths so if you're saying he was complicated and just leaving yes. it at that and not getting into it or posting these stories where like because there's a couple of like people from my improv days who died recently it, like and one yeah. especially um who one died doing improv no 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 i mean more people should but uh <laughs> the the um the, the people sharing these stories where it's like, oh, it sounds like that person just didn't like you. Like, d- you don't get that this story yeah. makes you look yes. like kind of a loser. It's very odd. Yes. Thank you. You get it. You're hearing me. You're seeing what I'm seeing. That's what we want to hear. Um, yeah. I, I, I want, I want, I guess, that's, I guess what I want after I die is that I get the, we, like I said, I get the real juice out of people. I want people to really, cause I want, my my like because everybody knows i live like honestly you know Mm -hmm. i'm i'm very honest i'm very blunt i like i like i said i don't live with regret and i like after i die i want to bring that out of people like it's almost like me dying is going to release you know my truth my truth serum to everyone and they're going to take a a little you know dab of it and and it's going to make them be like you know what she was a fucking bitch but i fucking respected that bitch you know Shit like that. Totally. And then, um, and then the funeral. Like, that's how I want the, like, that's the dynamic part of, of me after I die is that it's going to live on through, like, people just talking shit about me or, or people I didn't like or something, which causing hilarious. general and strife. Then, um, There'll be like friendships breaking out and breaking apart. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, that was yeah. Marcella's fault. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> and then funeral wise, um, I mean, I'm, I, I liked my dad's funeral. I actually really liked his funeral. My dad had a, we had a Catholic mass, you know, my mom um, had the priest, you know, just say something really, I barely remember any of it, but um, it was really nice and calming and and soothing and healing. And then um, we had a, you know, at the graveyard, which, you know, he got a, he got a, a casket very similar to the color of his Ford F-150. It was like a kind of like a baby blue. Okay. And uh, I thought that was cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want like a fucking shiny red casket. That's why it's like okay. my my idea of getting like being um uh like put in the earth to help grow a plant is nice. But I also know I'm like very like superficial and sure. I like pretty things. And I'm like, I mean, also bit getting buried in a cherry red casket would be fucking tight as fuck too, you know? <laughs> sure. Sure. Also, so, getting like uh, inc- uh, not incinerated. What is that shit called? Uh, cremated. cremated. Yeah. Yes, cremated. That sounds cool. Like sprinkling my shit everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. like that's cool too. I don't know. I'm I'm open. Somebody okay. makes a decision for me. If I don't make if I don't make the decision for myself at some point, I would not be upset with any of those options. Basically. Mm, okay. Because it sounds like basically whoever makes the most convincing argument the latest in your life yeah. is what it's like, whatever the last argument you heard that you believe yes. is would win. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, doesn't, I mean like 400 roses, let's fucking <laughs> order that and put me in the, you know what I mean? There's like different ways to go with it. 
You sell it to me, I'll fucking buy that shit. It's a lot of red, it sounds like. And the way you're talking about like the witch being dead and just the red, I'm getting very like Disney villain, like Cruella DeVille is like the vibe that's popping. Get it. You know the vibes, dude. You're getting it. You get the vibes. Maybe I need to be the represent you know, you can publicly appoint me right now. (laughs) You need to relax. relax. Next question comes from my second one-man show, which was set in the afterlife. And there was this premise that I had that, like, in the afterlife, you get to fully relive one memory. But you're confined to just one. It's like a room. So it's not like that's your whole afterlife is this memory. But you have to choose one to pop. the room. Yes. Whenever you want. What memory do you choose? This is... It's cheesy, but it's it's but it's true because I love being at home. Some of my favorite memories, and I I can't think of a specific one, but it's like you know because I'm the youngest of four, so and then my both my parents, so it was always six of us, and we were always taking like family trips, but we were always spending a lot of time together, and I always loved it. And even when I was a kid, I knew that it was fleeting because I knew we were all one day going to grow up, and like it was going to be hard to do. Um, so either like a random like holiday at the house where we're all just, you know, playing, like it was just the six of us um, hanging out, watching movies or whatever, because that was, uh, that was my favorite shit. I I still think about it. Like it was just so nice to just be in the house when everybody, when my dad was in a good mood, when my mom was in a good mood, when my siblings were in a good mood, when I was in a good mood, like we're all just like on cloud nine spending time with each other, whatever, watching wrestling or watching movies or, playing video games or whatever. Like if I could like live in that, repeat that another time, that would be nice. And then the other version of that would be my dad, uh, my mom and my dad went on a cruise together and had such a good time that they bought like a family pack cruise for all of us to go. My dad was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll buy it for the whole family. And we were like adults at this point. Um, My oldest brother didn't go and um because he just it was like too much he was too overwhelmed because he had like three kids at that point and he was like oh this is like a whole headache i don't really want to be traveling with three kids um so what ended up happening was my three siblings or my two siblings and i my parents we were on this cruise ship for a week and we had the best fucking time and it was just like such a fun week of living in this like mini town i don't know if you've ever been on a cruise no, but, but I've had um, friends who've like done that. I mean, I'm sure you know people who've like performed and um Yeah, the yeah. It's not it's not a very it, I've usually gotten a negative perception of No, no. I, I think that cruise performers do have a negative experience for the most part. Yeah. But uh my family were uh we were we were Don the Arguirdos because like we just have fun wherever we're at. I guess that's I guess that's what I'm trying to get to is like we have fun wherever we're at. Doesn't matter if like a a club is empty or if it's completely packed with people we'll have the yeah. equal levels of fun uh because that's how we were because that's how we were raised that's how my parents raised us so it's like oh it's just us but it's, we're gonna have a blast we're gonna have a dance party no matter even if it's just you know the, the six of us you know we're still gonna dress up we're still gonna have a meal we're still gonna like my parents knew how to make shit be special and that certainly rubbed off on me because that's how i live my life day to day who came and up it's like those memories weirdos. like either on that cruise ship that whole week what's that who came up with Arguirdos? 
I think my brother did. I don't know if somebody, one of his friends called us that or if he made it up. Okay. But um, yeah, we, we go by our weirdos. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> like, so you're yeah, owning it. a little it. weird. Okay. Oh, we do. We've, oh, we've, people have always admired us as a family because we own our weirdness and we support each other's weirdness. And um, actually, it's funny too. I told um, Clinton when he meets my family, I was like, all my siblings are going to say something weird to you. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know what I mean. I'm just telling you, I can confirm that they're all going to say something fucking weird. I'm probably not going to be there. You're just going to have to like respond accordingly, but they're all going to say something a little off. Yeah. Um, Cause that's how we are. That's what we do. And uh, yeah. So, so is it, I, that's a very long winded answer, but it's just basically like spend time with my immediate family because yeah. that was some of my best memories. That's okay. I'm curious that like at first you were giving enough details that I was like, maybe let's do like a detective hunt for like what, memory could fit when everyone was still at home a time when everyone was in a good mood but now i'm more curious about like the type of especially because i do tell me if i'm wrong sense a an allergy to corniness in you um and you mentioned earlier not wanting corny stuff and usually when people talk about having fun with their family there's a little bit of that sort of like matching pajamas energy to it but it doesn't sure. sound like that's what you're describing and so i'm curious like how yeah just like the shape of that sort of like family fun was there a lot of like you're embarrassing or like doing things that you know should be embarrassing and then in the car afterwards like debriefing and like oh man everyone in the restaurant was looking at us but wasn't that great or something like that no it's more just like we we um do you have siblings yeah two younger so so you knew you know how like when you have siblings you like you have your own language you have your own jokes you have your own like you know bullshit because you grew up in the same house so you know Mm -hmm. what's what it's like that feeling that that feeling i want to i just want to like relive that moment where it's like we know each other so well because we 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 live with each other right we share my sister and i would share a room my brother shared a room and whether it was like okay the boys are drawing comic books so that's what we're gonna do and we would join them and maybe annoy them a little bit. And, but we would all just do shit together. Cause that's, that's how we were raised. My parents wanted us all to like, my, that was why my parents had the, us back to back to back to back so that we could be very mm. close friends. Okay. And we, and we were, and, um, there's still a bond with, with all of us. Like, and when the four of us are together, it's like that language is st- still there. We bounce off each other it can be kind of weird and annoying. It's like, it's, like I have friends who have known us since we were kids who will just sit and watch us like go back and <laughs> forth because it's just, we just have our own rhythm. And be- I think because we're such four strong personalities, I say my siblings because like my parents are a part of that dynamic too. But um, you know, with my siblings, it was like, it felt like only for a moment in time was it like good and innocent because then every, once everybody turns into teenagers, that was a wrap on that fucking the sweetness of it you know okay, and it kind of okay that's what took, i was wondering we took if everything up ever, a notch if it soured yeah yeah and then that's why i think like with the cruise it was nice because it actually felt like that again 
when we did that cruise, you know, minus one of my brothers. Mm-hmm. But like, we, I felt that vibe again where we were all like had our own language. We were all doing our own silly things, but we were still like a team together. There was even like, um, the cruise ships, you have like these designated dinners, like, okay, at, at 5 30, this is the table yeah, that you come. Right, right, right. Usually you're sitting with other families. So they're, they're trying to get people to like meet new people or whatever. Mm-hmm. So my parents made us think that we were going to go to this, um, was dinner on the first night and we were like, okay, we'll be there. We'll meet, meet everybody there. We get there. And my parents never showed up. It's the three of us and these weird fucking families. And my parents just never showed up. And we, it like, it's one of those things that made us laugh in the moment. Like, Oh my God, they made such a big deal. And now we're here and now we feel weird leaving. And also we're hungry. So might as well fucking stay and eat this fancy dinner, you know? And then like we, when we were leaving the restaurant for that awkward dinner, we saw my parents like walking, like they must have been drunk and happy, just chilling, like, ah! and we saw them and we're like, where the fuck were you? You made such a big deal. And they're like, well, we just didn't want to go. And we're like, what? We didn't even know that was an option. You made it such a big deal. Yeah. But so it was that thing of like, I love that my parents like forced us to hang out with each other. But at the same time, they're like, yeah, but also you should do whatever you want. Like that, sure. there's something beautiful in like having that relationship. And all of us laughing it off. Like, nobody got mad for real. You know, we were all just, like, giggling. And to this day, we still talk about it. So it was such a, such a fucking funny-ass moment. Very us in the sense that, like, oh, yeah, we'd probably do that to them. Like, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. not just them doing – I guess we were just surprised that they did it to us. But it cracked us up, and it still makes us laugh. Yeah, it like sounds like, like having priorities of, like – you know, those relationships and stuff, but then also, and like them being genuine priorities, but also mm-hmm. not taking them too seriously, which is a hard yes. balance to strike. Yes. Does it happen yeah. with your nieces and nephews too? Like, do you have that same sort of uh, dynamic with them at all? Like, does it, tr- does it span generations or is it just absolutely. that? Okay. No, absolutely. It's fun. And it's fun too, because now my nephew, my oldest nephew, he's 19 yeah. So now we're we're ha- it's like becoming playful in a new way, you know, because I can actually like have interesting conversations with him and uh it's it's just it's just yes. Yes, and it's cool and um it's actually to me it's sad when like I don't see that they have that, you know, because like one of my nieces is an only child. So even yeah. though she has good relationships with all her cousins, I'm like, "Oh, it bums me out that she's never going to experience that like that sibling bond that only exists when you, you know, grow up with two parents who are like dope as fuck and are encouraging and want you to, which I'm sure it happens with people who are also like in, you know, abusive households with a single parent, da, da, da. like it's certainly possible. I'm not, I, I don't want to sound like it does. It's not, but there's something beautiful when like it is a big family and yes, we're nobody's perfect, but we're all like supporting and loving of each other, you know? Totally. Well, and it sounds the thing that I'm realizing is when you talked about your dad not wanting, not being ready to die, not wanting, wanting to see fruits of his labor and and see people grow up basically and spend more quality time. And essentially sounds like it's like, yeah, that was yeah. understandable to me. But then now you're describing yeah. this and I'm like, oh, this is like, people know that family matters, but if you have like yeah. an unnaturally cool family, it matters yeah. even more. And that was the thing that was like, uh, I think after he died, it was like finding out, especially my brother's friends. My brother's friends were like, we loved being at your guys' house. You know, your dad was like um, the dad we never had. 
And it was cool to just have that bond, that relationship, and also to see you guys. Because we did, so, I mean, you know, we all for years went trick-or-treating together. And we would, you know, everybody, we, it would always be at our house. You know, the friends would come or the neighbors mm. or the cousins. They would be at our house. And that's where we would start. We would do our thing. Because we just kind of, I don't know, we had the family shit. Even though there was problems, we still had, like, the important family shit figured out and organized. What's your coma? As in a moment of transformation where before you were one version of yourself and after you were another. Doesn't have to be monumental. You know, just my experience was sure. it went through this crazy thing and uh, I, you know, some shit changed after I did get to read those eulogies that people posted. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but then also got sober, all sorts of, you know, other mundane shit like sure. that. Sure. But I'm wondering if for you, there was anything, I feel like people have multiple of them in a life, but yeah. what one of those has been for you? Do you want like a deeper one or do you want like a Up lighter Up to you, one? man. It's your, it's your, I'm not trying to force anybody into any yeah. therapy shit, but if you want to go there, that's Yeah, cool. yeah. I'll do, I'll do a lighter one. I, um, um, when MF Doom died, that was one of those, like, I, I kind of snapped out of my bullshit, um, uh, because- he was such a this was last influential year. yeah um it was new year's well new year's eve is when it was announced but he, but he um, died on halloween passed away, right? um halloween yeah supposedly that's the so rumor. weird yeah it's such and, a good um, myth though like just yeah. lie about the date if that's yeah exactly thing. yeah yeah i mean it's cool i'm cool with the truth or the lie yeah um, that's the kind of reality tv i like right there um <laughs> but um yeah because when he died you know, he was someone I always admired. I mean, I know that a lot of people got into him, like with Operation Doomsday, which I enjoyed all those albums. But when he put out Danger Doom, that like, man, I was like, this is me. Like, they're like that. I felt like the album was made for me because I was like obsessed with like fucking Adult Swim shit. Yeah. Um. So when he put that out, I was like, this is so cool. I didn't even know that rappers could do some shit like that, let alone a rapper like him. You know, because you would, you know. It's almost like alternative rap, you know, it's beyond underground. It's like something different, unique, special. Yeah. And um I think it was also cuz it was also around the time where um when that album came out that I was like all of my interests like I it's so hard for me, you know, God bless the internet now, you can find anyone of any interest, but back then it was like nobody really likes this this type of rap and these types of cartoons and this type yeah. of comedy. And it was like hard to find that um, yeah. back in the day or whatever, early 2000s. And so when he came out with that, I remember just being like, oh my God, not only are people out there, but there are artists out there who are doing the fucking thing. And there are, you know, obviously I was younger back then and he was older than I was. Um, so it's like, of course he was comfortable making the project that, you know, he's comfortable making. Um, but that album like just was so inspiring to me. And and everything he's ever done has always fucking inspired me, but that one specifically. And when he passed away, it's almost like I was reminded of those feelings again of like not giving a fuck, doing whatever the fuck you want. Doesn't matter if people don't get it. Cause I remember my brother, my brother Nick is like the hardcore underground hip hop head. And I remember him kind of being like, I mean, this album's cool. I don't know if it's like the best, but yeah, for me, Danger like, Doom the wasn't the one, dude. It was like mad villainy. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
totally. that's what I'm saying is it mm-hmm. was for me. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, know because I, I do I do love all those other albums and those other albums are so incredible, but there was something so fucking me about Danger Doom and I was like I like knowing that people can be seen as this 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 forever and then boom, they fucking flip the script, change it up, and what are you going to do? Like you just have to accept it. And I love that. And I love that he was just fully himself um because that album is so fucking silly and yeah. fun. And I, I was like, I think I think at that specific time I was wanting something like that, not realizing it's what I needed. But I definitely like deeply was like, all of my interests are not like they don't overlap. And that was the first time it felt like like all the things I loved overlapped, you know, like the only thing missing from that album was like a Will Ferrell cameo or some shit at that time. <laughs> Which um, is so funny because that's know? such a like well-trod lane. Now the idea that like that someone wouldn't be able to connect the dots between certain kinds yes. of comic books and rap and fucking uh, comedy is like, oh, there are like entire retail stores built around yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. And th- I think that's what tripped me out after the fact. But what? But in that moment, it was like, oh, my God, like, this is exactly the thing that I've been wanting. And it was so it was I should say it was game changing as an artist for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, so when he died, I probably hadn't heard that album in years. Like I just, it just like, it's one of those things, especially with like Spotify and Apple and all these things. It's so easy to like lose track of the, the old shit you used to love back when, you know, we had CDs. So it was funny cause I've like went and found the C- old CD of it. Cause I still had it obviously. Yes. And I keep it in my, in my car so I can fucking pop it in now whenever I want because it, when he died, I was like, you know, it was COVID and it was hard and my career was kind of like in a, in a not a great spot because COVID had kind of like fucked up the momentum of shit. And so I was not feeling great about where my career was going. And so when he died, I was like, it doesn't matter how I feel about where my career is going right now. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, I just got to keep busting my ass. I can keep it doom style. Just keep it grimy and keep going and do whatever the fuck I want and talk however I want, experiment with, do whatever I want. And which is why I was able to like put out that motivational Monday meditations album. Yeah. I'm going to start doing some like weird shit. I have other shit I have planned and it's all kind of rooted in like just him being gone. Cause it's like, where do, where are all the weirdo artists doing like cool shit? Cause I also feel like weirdo artists are always, um, like almost like uh meant to be uncool it's like where are the cool weirdos you know we need more cool weirdos uh but it's hard because to try to be cool ex- uh, that's but that's what i'm saying that. and that's why it's like i'm not trying because like yeah. I, like what we were saying i we've always been that way in my family and so it's like natural for us and so and i and i don't think we get enough w- women who are cool weirdos you know and yeah. um yeah 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 i i i'm i'm just i'm ready i'm basically that's that's all it is i feel like i'm ready and right um, it's like hard enough to be seen as like funny as a woman to yes. then add like weird to it is like yeah. the the hardest like high wire act there is exactly and yeah. um cuz it's like you know someone like Kate Berlant, she's a weirdo and she's cool but like cool in the white spectrum of things yeah you know yeah, yeah and which is fine and it's its own thing but like i'm like what about what about everybody like there's weirdos are in every background and um I'm, I'm just ready to mix it up and so uh so that's what happened after he died i was like no no 
Stop worrying about COVID, you know, fucking up the momentum. Worry about what the fuck you're about, who you are, what you're doing, how you're contributing. Um, and it, it did. It was like, I felt like I woke up again, you know, and, and I'm not even sure when I was like, quote unquote, asleep when I right. fell into that coma. You know, I have no clue because a lot of me got lost in the last whatever, 10 years or something because growing up and pursuing and shit becoming more real, mm-hmm. you really, who you are really is, you can get lost so fast, so quick. You have to constantly not get lost. Exactly. Get lost. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. I see that because I feel like you're, I feel like, you know, when I would hear people talk about you or your, the thing that I, I sensed that you exuded was definitely a, not the like hack of a road energy, but sure. the like the that like toughness of that yes. road energy. Yeah. But, but which also comes with the like, unfortunately, because I think there are plenty of like quietly, not flashily experimental comics who just are never going to be household names. Right. But, right. But to then do the meditation thing, like, does feel like a clear step out of that lane. And and for you to connect those dots is yeah is cool to see. I appreciate it because that's that's it. Like th- so that's why like doom it, doom's death is the coma moment because it was such a like no you know don't don't get lost in life because once you know you have death that's it life life is lost right yeah. so you know you can't you can't like focus on the bullshit and so it's 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 cool to it's cool to be inspired by death. Like, you know, sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a, a good way to end this because I, you know, people are so scared of death. They're so like fearful of it. They, they live a life that is rooted in fear and it's like death should be what's motivating you. Death should be what like keeps you happy in your day to day life, you know, because even with our mistakes, you're still alive. You're alive to make mistakes. Like that's dope. It's cool. That's the show. Watch Marcella's special Bitch Grow Up at HBO Max and find all her other information, like her website, the meditation tape she made with uh, with Show You Suck, former guest of the show. All that is in the show notes. Go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr to support this show. Get more from the This Is Your Afterlife audio universe, including the new Abandoned Building podcast. Very grateful. Until next week, remember, you are a mist. You are human. Only human. And human beings, they do miracles.